Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year. And thanks again for joining us for another installment of Another Christmas Story. This week's chapter, Chapter 5, already Chapter 5, can you believe that, will be read to you by Jerry Davila, a.k.a. Jerry D. of Totally Rad Christmas. Before I pass it off to him, however, and allow you all to catch up with the Rankin family, there's just one little piece of housekeeping I wanted to go over this week. Right at the very beginning of Jerry's recording, the text refers to Aaron's principal, Principal Rodriguez, stepping forward to address his students. Unfortunately, for some reason, the mic didn't pick up on the name of the character, and Jerry appears to randomly just slip into a voice and refer to him as the principal at that moment. Later on in the chapter, meanwhile, Rodriguez is mentioned by name, but not necessarily title again. So I just wanted to make sure to clarify that at the beginning of this recording, because hey, mistakes happen. God knows I've been on the wrong end of malfunctioning audio equipment plenty of times, as those of you who listen to the show well know. Anyway, like I said last week, mistakes and human error are bound to happen, and I think all of us have made at least one in our recording so far, our reading so far, but I just wanted to clarify this specific mistake so when the principal is mentioned by name later on in the chapter, you're not thinking to yourselves, Rodriguez? Who the heck is Rodriguez? But anyway, with that, I'll kick it over to the totally rad Jerry D. Hit it, Jerry! Hi, this is Jerry D. from Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. You can find us anywhere you get podcasts, and you can visit our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Chapter 5 All I want for Christmas is you. December 24th, 4 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Good morning, Tampa Palm students and parents. How excited are we today? Cheers and applause broke out amongst Ms. Warren's third grade class, which was gathered in front of the Delta Airlines check-in counter at Tampa Bay International Airport. Aaron Rankin stared around at his classmates and their families, an eyebrow raised. It was barely 4 a.m. on Christmas Eve. The sky was still pitch black outside, and he was exhausted. He had no idea how anybody could muster such animated energy that early in the morning, but muster they did. Indeed, Ms. Warren, his pretty young blonde teacher, was so enthusiastic, he was sure that she must have drank an entire pot of coffee before they had all rendezvoused at the airport. This is a huge opportunity, and you should all be so very proud of yourselves. The teacher beamed at her young students, standing modestly in front of their parents and guardians, bundled up tight in winter coats despite it being 80 plus degrees outside. 
It was all in anticipation of landing in a snowy New York City. The school's middle-aged Cuban principal stepped forward, looking appropriately tired and cradling a large cup of Starbucks in his hand. Though there were enormous bags beneath his eyes, and his smile was weary as he ran one hand through his salt and pepper hair, he gazed proudly at his students. I just want to echo Ms. Warren's sentiments, the man stated matter-of-factly. This is the first competition of its kind that Radio City Music Hall has had. So that makes it an even greater honor that our school, that your class, was chosen to participate in the nativity scene during tonight's performance. It's a testament to the hard work that you've all put in during band class this year. My only regret is that Mrs. Shackleton couldn't make this trip with us to witness the end result of her music lessons with you. At the words, Aaron stared down at his feet, feeling sorry for his music teacher, whom he knew was laid up in bed at home with the flu. Now Manhattan is a very large and crowded place, the principal continued. It's extremely easy to get lost in the city, so it's imperative that we all stick together while we're there, okay? And God forbid any of you get separated from the rest of the group. You go right up to a police officer and tell them who you are and who you are with so that they can help you. In an ideal world, however, none of you will have to do that. He smiled warmly. On that note, I do want to take a moment to thank all of the parents and other family members who have agreed to accompany us on this trip as chaperones. Let's give them a big round of applause, please. Applause broke out amongst the students again, and Aaron shifted uncomfortably where he stood, chancing a glance up at his mother, who was standing behind him with her hands on his shoulders, pink in the chinks due to embarrassment. Beside her, Jake stood holding baby Amy, staring daggers at their mom. Now remember, we're not only representing Tampa Palms, but the entire state of Florida, Rodriguez stressed, and not only Florida, but your entire age group across the country as well. As such, it's essential that we are all on our best behavior. If anybody puts one toe out of line or embarrasses this group in any way, you'll spend the trip in the hotel and won't perform in Radio City tonight. Do you understand? There were scattered nods and mumbled assurances in response to the question, at which Ms. Warren stepped forward again and clapped her hands together authoritatively. All right, kids, say goodbye to your parents and let's get going. Let's form a line over here to check our bags and instruments. Aaron turned to face his mother, his stomach in knots. Megan, meanwhile, knelt down to stare her son directly in the eyes. Good luck, honey. She hugged him tight. Don't forget how proud I am of you, all right? I can't wait to watch the video when you get back. Aaron nodded, blinking back tears. I'll miss you. I'll miss you, too. Megan took a shuddering breath. You'll have a blast, though, okay? I promise you. Have fun. Have a Merry Christmas. And don't forget, Santa will have gifts waiting for you under the tree when you get home. Aaron nodded uncertainly, remembering the conversation they had the night before as Megan stood up. Tell Grandma I said hi, all right? I will. Aaron assured her. Good. Megan smiled down at her son before ruffling his hair and nodding in the direction of the check-in counter, in front of which students and parents were lining up with their luggage. Go on. I'm going to have a quick word with Ms. Warren and Principal Rodriguez. Aaron's stomach sank. About what? Just to let them know you won't be staying at the hotel with the rest of your class and that your grandparents are taking you back to their house after the performance, Megan replied nonchalantly. Also, that you're not to be alone with or go anywhere with your father if you happen to run into him by happenstance. I also want them to keep an eye on the Anderson and Reed boys while they're at it. Aaron rolled his eyes. Chris and Daniel don't bother me, Mom. But they bother me, Megan insisted, throwing the young boys in question a look from across the room. Aaron glanced over his shoulder at them. Chris was black, extremely tall and lanky for his age, and had short, dark hair, while Daniel was on the shorter side and had extremely pale skin, sandy hair, and freckles. They were standing in line with their luggage and instruments, a trumpet and drum, respectively. Laughing at some unheard joke, as they glanced in Aaron's direction, their eyes full of mischief. 
Let me do it for my own peace of mind, please, Megan asked. Aaron surveyed his mother, exasperated, before reluctantly nodding, fully aware that she was going to talk to his teacher and principal regardless of whether or not he gave his permission. Thank you. Then, swooping down to kiss him on the cheek, she added, Now go. I love you. I love you too. And Aaron watched as his mother hurried over to Ms. Warren without another word. With a small sigh, he turned to face his brother, who had remained silent the entire time, and smiled at the baby in his arms. Bye, Amy. He smiled wide at his sister, who reached lovingly for his face. Merry Christmas. I love you. Kissing her atop the head, he added, I hope Santa is good to you. Jake rolled his eyes, flipping his hair back out of his eyes. Jesus Christ, Aaron, grow up. Santa isn't... Merry Christmas, Jake, the boy cut across his older brother quickly, taking him by surprise before hurrying away, dragging his luggage behind him, toward where his best friend, Kevin, was standing in the check-in line, waving him over. You look tired, the small Asian boy noted when Aaron released his baggage with a loud sigh, coming to a stop beside him. I couldn't really sleep last night, Aaron admitted. Nervous about blowing it on stage in front of the Rockettes? Kevin asked, clapping a hand on his shoulder. Don't worry, pal. I understand. I had a nightmare that I forgot how to play the keyboard. Aaron shook his head with a laugh. Nothing like that, he insisted. I just have a lot of things on my mind. He stared straight ahead, noticing the pair of pretty girls chatting animatedly a few people in front of them. As he studied the back of their heads, the sound of Kevin's ramblings began to fade into a static sound in his head, akin to the unintelligible speak of Charlie Brown's teacher. It's going to be fun, he was insisting. It's New York City. Don't you want to see where your mother grew up? I've been there before, Aaron admitted absentmindedly. I can't really remember much of it, though. I must have blocked it out. Oh. Kevin's eyes widened behind his thick black glasses as he slapped a hand to his forehead in realization. This is about your dad, isn't it? Huh? Aaron blinked in surprise. Of course not. Why? Well, it's just, you know. Kevin stared down at his feet awkwardly. Doesn't he live in New York nowadays? Even if he does, what are the odds that I'd run into him? He doesn't know I'm going to be in town, so it's not like he has any reason to try and find me at Radio City. Then what is it? Kevin demanded. Why are you so distracted? And then he noticed the two girls standing a few feet away from them, whom Aaron was still staring at. As a smile unfolded on his face, he noted, I get it. You're making yourself sick over Holly, aren't you? I am not, Aaron replied a little too quickly as his face turned pink. It was true. He wasn't making himself sick over Holly Turner, the cute blonde girl talking to her best friend, Margot Graham, even if he did have a massive crush on her. He had thought she was cute ever since he had first laid items on her in kindergarten, while Kevin and his other male classmates still believed girls to have cooties. You are, Kevin teased. You love her. You want to marry her and kiss her, and you're so afraid that she doesn't feel the same way about you, you're making yourself sick. Shut up! Aaron rolled his eyes. Laughing, Kevin insisted, It's okay, dude, I get it. Your secret's safe with me. Aaron sighed deeply as he stared at Holly, who flipped her blonde hair over her shoulder, while Kevin in turn stared at him expectantly. Even though he wasn't making himself sick over the girl, he decided to let his friend believe that rather than admit to him what was truly bothering him. You got me, he lied. I knew it, Kevin nodded sympathetically. But just think, you're going to take the stage as the little drummer boy tonight. You're the only one of us who has an actual part to play besides Holly, Chris, and Aaron, and those three are only going to be reading the Christmas story. That's sure to impress her. Aaron allowed himself to be momentarily distracted from his wavering belief in Santa Claus and his desire to stay in Florida and spend Christmas with his mother and his siblings in order to contemplate his friend's words. Kevin had a point. He had never thought about it like that. You should just tell her how you feel. What's the worst that could happen? Abject humiliation at the hands of Daniel and Chris? Aaron replied sarcastically. Well, there is that, Kevin admitted. 
Look, all I'm saying is there should be plenty of mistletoe strung up all around the city for you to make a move on Holly under if you really wanted to. And as the two boys continued to creep forward a few inches every couple of minutes, Aaron had no choice but to exasperatedly continue to listen to Kevin's rambling advice about girls. It was still dark when Megan, Jacob, and Amy left Tampa Bay International Airport after saying goodbye to Aaron, and the roads were blissfully empty as it was still too early for rush hour traffic. As Megan hummed along to the Christmas music playing softly on the radio, Amy dozed in her, in her car seat in the back seat, and Jacob sulked beside her up front. With his arms folded across his chest, he kept sighing heavily and pointedly, finally eliciting an eye roll from his mother. You're mad at me, she stated wearily. I am not, her son replied angrily. You're mad at me. I'm annoyed, yes, Megan admitted, taking the teenage boy by surprise. Why did you have to tell Aaron that there's no Santa Claus? Because he's nine years old, Mom, Jake answered bitterly. It's time for him to grow up. Jake, Megan began hesitantly, just give him this last year, all right? He deserves it. He's grown up so fast, and I didn't, her son snapped, causing his mother to visibly wince as though she had been smacked in the face. Of course you did, Megan said apologetically. I shouldn't have said, God, Megan, Jake rolled his eyes. It's always Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. What about me, huh? Or Amy? He jerked his head as his sleeping sister in the back seat. You always spoil him. What about us? That's unfair, Jake. Jake, that's unfair, Megan replied, her voice stern now. It is not. We can barely afford new notebooks for school, but somehow you scraped together enough money to send Aaron to New York for Christmas. On a school trip. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for him. You would never do that for us, Jake continued, as though his mother hadn't spoken up. You don't care about us. Definitely not me, anyway. He laughed bitterly. <laughs> That's why you only grew the balls to force Dad to get help when Aaron was old enough to realize what an abusive prick he was to you, not when I... Smack! Jake immediately went silent as his hand shot up to touch the cheek his mother had just struck. Megan, meanwhile, shook with anger as she glanced sideways at her oldest son, her hand still raised in the air. As he stared at her, his mouth agape, she informed him through gritted teeth, Don't you ever insinuate that I don't give a crap about you or Amy. Do you understand me? Jake nodded, still stunned that she had raised a hand to him. You said that I don't spoil you or your sister. What if I told you we'll be spending the holidays in Manhattan with your brother? I'd say you were lying. Jake gave a snort of derision. Well, get ready to call me a liar then, because we are. Jake glanced at her in surprise as she gave a nonchalant shrug. I had to swallow all of my pride and beg your grandmother to help fly us out. But we'll be spending Christmas through the new year in New York with Aaron and your grandparents. We're flying out in a few hours to surprise your brother at his show. It's a big moment for him and we shouldn't miss it. Besides, you two deserve a special treat for Christmas too. She glanced in the rearview mirror at her sleeping daughter. You're serious? Jake asked, eyes wide. When his mother gave a curt nod, he pumped his fist victoriously. Yes! And without another word, he removed his phone from his pocket and began texting furiously. When we get home, we need to pack quickly so that we can be out the front door within an hour, Megan insisted. If we miss our flight, there's no way we'll get in today with Elsa about to hit the tri-state area. Jake? Jake, are you listening to me? She glanced sideways at her son, who was still engrossed in his phone. Absolutely, Jake mumbled distracted. Sighing wearily, Megan turned away from her son to concentrate on the empty road in front of her praying silently that she could get through the holidays without strangling her kids or her parents. Grumbling to herself, she mumbled softly, A thank you would have been nice. When finally aboard the plane, Aaron found that he was sitting in an aisle seat beside Kevin, who was gazing excitedly out of the window at the dark airport runway. Immediately across the aisle, an arm's length away, Holly sat beside Margot. 
The moment the girls had taken their seats, Holly had turned to flash Aaron a wide smile. Excited? she asked him. You have no idea. Aaron felt himself blush as he avoided the girl's eyes. Are you? I'm nervous, Holly admitted. What if I choke in front of the crowd? Beside her, Margot rolled her eyes. You're not going to choke, Holly, she insisted. Margot's right, Aaron spoke up. You're going to nail it. You're at a sixth grade reading level in the third grade. You're not going to mess up reading a Christmas story. What if I get stage fright? Holly asked breathlessly. Doesn't Margot step in then? Kevin asked, leaning forward in his chair to stare around Aaron at the two girls. Isn't she your understudy? Before either of the girls could answer, their teacher, who had been walking down the center aisle of the aircraft with a stack of paper in her hands, was upon them. Nobody's going to get stage fright, Miss Warren smiled wide, staring between Kevin, Aaron, Holly, and Margot. Relax, all right. You know what you're doing. You've practiced this a million times. Then, licking her index finger, she separated four pieces of paper from the pile in her arms and handed a sheet to each of the kids. Our itinerary for the day once we land in New York, she informed them. It's going to be a busy day with no time to rest before the show this evening, so try to get some sleep while we're in the air. And before any of the four could respond, she continued down the aisle to give handouts to the next row of children. Aaron stared down at the piece of paper in his hands to read it, noticing that once they landed, a bus would be picking them up from the airport and take them to Radio City Music Hall to drop off their instruments, after which they would go to see Rockefeller Center Christmas Tree, visit Santa Claus at Macy's Herald Square, head back to Radio City to see the two o'clock showing of the Christmas Spectacular, after which they would remain at the theater to rehearse with the Rockettes until their 8 p.m. performance. Sweet dude, Kevin elbowed him hard in the ribs to get his attention. We get to meet THE Santa Claus today? Yes! He fist-pumped excitedly. I have a whole list of things I want to ask him for. Aaron raised an eyebrow. It's Christmas Eve, Kevin. Shouldn't you have already sent him your letter and asked him for what you wanted already? Oh, I did, Kevin reassured him. But I want to lay the puppy dog eyes on him in person as insurance. Aaron laughed despite himself, but his smile quickly faded away as he glanced down at his itinerary again and stared at the word Santa. Mulling over what Jake had said to him during his outburst at dinner the night before, he decided to ask Kevin nonchalantly, Do you ever have doubts that Santa Claus is actually real? Kevin turned to stare at him, blinking in confusion. Why would you even ask that? Of course not. Who else could possibly deliver all the presents? It's just... Aaron sighed deeply, shaking his head. Jake said something to me last night at dinner. He's not the most reliable source, Aaron. Both Aaron and Kevin turned to peer at Margot as she leaned across Holly to address them. I happen to know for a fact that Santa's real. I actually saw him in my living room leaving gifts a few years ago. You did? Margot nodded as Holly chimed in. And I've heard sleigh bells on my roof on Christmas Eve before. Really? Aaron asked, refusing to allow himself to feel even a modicum of relief just yet. Holly flashed him a warm smile. I think your brother's probably just messing with you. See? Kevin asked, clapping a reassuring hand onto his shoulder. Nothing to worry about. What are you two nerds talking about? Chris, who was sitting in front of Kevin, stood up in his seat to peer down at the two boys behind him. Nothing, Aaron replied tiredly, unaware until that moment that his tormentors were sitting directly in front of him. Indeed, Daniel turned around in his seat in front of Aaron and asked, You don't believe in Santa anymore, Rankin. What, are you a bigger idiot than I already thought you were? Nobody asked you, Daniel, Holly said pointedly. Uh, what, you need your girlfriend to stick up for you? Daniel teased Aaron, who rolled his eyes in response. They're not dating, dummy. Kevin replied as he kicked the seat in front of him hard. Sit down and turn around. Make me, Chris replied, reaching over the seat and slapping Kevin on the top of his head. Don't worry, Rankin, Daniel began matter-of-factly. Santa's real. 
But that also means that Krampus is real too. Who's Krampus? Aaron asked, glancing from Kevin to Holly and Margo, all of whom looked as confused as he felt. Even Chris, still peering over his seat, looked uncertain of what his friend meant. You've never heard of Krampus? Daniel asked, a wicked smile spreading across his face. He's Santa's evil twin. While Santa leaves gifts for the nice children, the ones who believe in him, Krampus comes to punish the naughty ones, the ones who don't believe in Santa. Bro, are you serious? Chris asked, wide-eyed. Give me a break, Margo scoffed. What, is this one of those German fairy tales your grandmother tells you every time she visits? I'm serious, Daniel insisted, surprising Aaron by how genuine he sounded. He's real. He's a half-goat, half-demon monster with hooves, horns, and a forked tongue. He's terrifying. Aaron's stomach constricted uncomfortably as he gripped his armrests tightly, and his heart rate increased. Could it possibly be true? Sensing his fear, Daniel's smirk widened. So if I were you, I'd get rid of whatever doubts you have about Santa Claus. Quick, you don't want Krampus showing up tonight to punish you. Yeah, Chris added. Focus on how you're going to blow it on stage tonight with the Rockettes instead. Before Aaron could reply, Principal Rodriguez walked down the aisle toward them, his expression stern. Christopher, sit down and turn around. Daniel, you turn around too, he barked. Reluctantly, the two boys settled in their seats as instructed, allowing the principal's expression to soften as he stared down at Aaron. If they bother you again, let Miss Warren or myself know, all right? They weren't bothering me, Aaron insisted. Honestly, now, now, the principal interrupted, holding up his hand to silence him. Your mother talked to me inside and let me know that they've been giving you a hard time. It's unacceptable, and I won't allow it to continue. He glared down at Daniel and Chris, who were sulking in their seats. So if either of you even glance at Aaron the wrong way today, you won't be performing on stage tonight. Do you understand? Yes, both boys grumbled. Good, now fasten your seatbelts. We're taking off soon. And without another word, the principal walked away down the aisle. The moment Principal Rodriguez was out of earshot, Daniel turned around in his seat once more to hiss at Aaron. You need your girlfriend and mommy to defend you? Daniel, I swear I didn't... Save it, Rankin, Daniel interrupted him. If you get me in trouble, I swear to God... He punched his fist into his open palm before smiling. But I probably won't even get a chance to do that. Krampus will have taken care of you by then. And before Aaron could reply, he turned around in his seat to face forward again. Aaron bit down on his lower lip, his mind racing. He turned to glance at Holly, who flashed him a nervous smile before turning away to engage Margot in conversation. When he turned to face Kevin, he asked quietly, Is he right? Does Krampus exist? I don't know, Kevin shrugged. But if Santa does, it sure makes sense that Krampus would, doesn't it? I thought Santa just left coal for the naughty kids. Turn on a TV every once in a while, Aaron. Kevin rolled his eyes before informing him knowledgeably. Coal's a dying industry. Santa can't leave coal anymore. He probably outsources naughty work to Krampus. Before Aaron could debate the point, a flight attendant's voice sounded over the loudspeaker. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome you aboard Delta Airlines. As she began to run through her announcements, Aaron settled back into his seat and closed his eyes as thoughts of Krampus ran through his mind, mingling with his lingering doubts about the existence of Santa Claus. Man, I know I say this every week about every reader, but how great was Jerry? I loved his voices. So far, I've loved everything. Every person who's agreed to read a chapter is done with their installment. And I am continuously blown away that we managed to assemble such a talented voice cast for this project. And not only that, I'm continuously blown away by the amount of positive feedback we've received week in and week out after every chapter. 
I am so glad and so grateful that so many of you are embarking on this year-long journey and are in for the ride to see where their story and these characters go. As a creator, it means the world to me, and I am so, so, so appreciative to each and every one of you. So please keep the feedback coming, and please, if you're enjoying the story, consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds in order to get it in front of as many ears as possible. Or as many eyes, because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well. So if reading is more of your thing, or more of their thing, they can read our weekly installments at www.tisthepodcast.com. And... If you enjoy Tis the Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or a television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general, check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tisapodcast.com backslash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. Our Facebook group in particular is by far the most active of our social media pages. It is always busy year-round, and not just its Christmas chatter, although that's obviously our primary focus. There's plenty of talk about pop culture, movies, TV shows, memes, and other holidays as well, especially those other Burr Month holidays like Halloween and Thanksgiving that lead up to Christmas itself. It's also kind of become a one-stop shop, a hub, if you will, for many of the Christmas podcasts you know and love on the Christmas Podcast Network. So not only will you find new episodes of Tis the Podcast there every week and get to interact with Julia, Tom, and myself, but you'll also find new episodes of Totally Rad Christmas, Christmas Clatter, TGI Podcast, Cozy Christmas Podcast, Advent Calendar House Podcast. All of your favorites posted there as well, and find all the hosts of said shows you know and love on the website too. Always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything. Seriously, it's a mini Christmas family that's formed within that Facebook group, and I know I speak for Tom, Julie, and myself when I say it's probably the thing we're most proud of in regards to the show. But speaking of the show, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash tisapodcast or www.tisapodcast.com backslash Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. And for those of you who are patrons already, I want to ensure you that we have plenty of stuff coming up. If you're listening to this the day it drops, I'm recording a Patreon episode with Jerry D this very night on all things Justice League, the Joss Whedon version, the upcoming Snyder Cut, the never-made George Miller script, the animated version, comics, and our preferred team lineup. And next Saturday, the 13th, I'm recording an episode with Kendall Ferry... I hope I'm saying that last name right. She's told me how to say it a billion times, and I still get it wrong. But regardless, next week, March 13th, I'm recording an episode with Kendall on the television show You're the Worst. And after WandaVision ends tomorrow, March 5th, I know Julia, Tom, and myself are all eager to record an all-encompassing, spoiler-filled episode about that show. In addition, we're getting ready to record our annual Easter Patreon episode as well. So there's plenty of stuff in the pipeline for Patreon just this month, but that's not all. Because we're trying to schedule new fireside chats with Stephen Beach, aka Disco54, whom you might have heard us mention once or twice on the show, and Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House Podcast, and hopefully other listeners like yourselves as well. 
And on top of that, we want to dive back into Christmas movie commentaries with Home Alone and Christmas Vacation in the coming month. And as we get closer to the Burr months, I plan on doing another full month of Halloween movies. And we'll definitely do something for Thanksgiving as well. And even though we've missed the first few months worth of holidays already, we are also still committed to diving into the long Halloween this year. Sometime before Halloween itself rolls around, and sometime before the two-part film hits digital download. So we can review that after we review the book. So, if you're not a patron yet, now is the time to subscribe. And if you are a patron, just hang in there because you're about to get a plethora of material. Rest assured that all money we make goes into improving the quality of our show and coming up with new swag to give all of y'all. If you don't want to subscribe to Patreon, however, you can still help the show in a free way by leaving us a review on iTunes, because every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Plus, if you leave us a review, you'll get a Tinsa Podcast sticker, and they are awesome. Coming up on our main show, dropping in your feeds this upcoming Monday, March 8th, will be our episode in which we discuss the four Christmas episodes of the cult hit Community, in which the three of us were joined by Jerry D. of Totally Rad Christmas. And trust me when I say it was such a fun, hilarious episode, you don't want to miss it. On Tuesday, meanwhile, Tom, Julia, and I will be recording our episode on the first three Christmas installments of Home Improvement, which will drop in your main feeds on March 15th, and which we were supposed to do a few weeks ago, but life and sickness got in the way. But before that drops in your feeds, however, next Thursday, March 11th, you'll get to hear Chapter 6 of Another Christmas Story, which the effervescent April Riley will be reading to y'all. In it, you'll meet two new characters, college students Elizabeth Meyer and Noah Clark. So keep your eyes on your feed for that. So, once again, thank you all for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of y'all. You're truly the best, and we are so lucky we get to consider a lot of you legitimate friends as well. So, do your homework, watch Community and Home Improvement, get excited because there are lots of fun stuff coming up. But what's on our schedule is not the most exciting news we have, so I'm going to kick it back to Jerry D to reveal what is. Here's some rad news, dudes and dudettes. There's only 296 more days till Christmas. Tubular. Can you believe it? This year is flying by. It'll be Christmas before you know it. Once we hit Leon Day in June, it's all downhill from there. But even before that, I mean, next month is April. And in April, Hallmark starts revealing their keepsake ornaments for the year. So get pumped. And until Monday, bye, y'all. Have a great weekend. One a lot for Christmas There is just one thing I need I don't care about the presents Underneath the Christmas tree I just want you for my own More than you could ever know Make my wish come true
Oh, oh, oh.